This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. I'm not so cheerful. Welcome. Want to try that one more time? Start again. And take two. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Uh, tonight we got Shelby with us tonight again. And Mary Gamboa of MaryGamboaMusic.com. Or you can check out her new release, uh, her new album release, Jealous, at anywhere you stream your music. She would love for you to check that out, even on YouTube. Uh, but today we're going to start breaking down Mark chapter 5, the next uh, couple of podcasts. But before we get started, we have a, just a small announcement. There will not be any podcasts next week, or the week after next. No, this week. After this week. There will not be a podcast the following week. How's that? Because uh, uh, the Thanksgiving, the holidays, and then uh, she and I are getting married and going on a little vacation. And then when we come back, we will pick up with Mark chapter 6. Yeah. So we look forward uh, to all of that. Woohoo! So thank you for your patience. <clears throat> But before we get started in Mark chapter 5, you know I'm going to ask you to pray, so why don't, oh. you, why don't you pray for it, everybody? Yes. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives and your direction for us. Your promise that you never leave us, you never forsake us. But there, you're always speaking, you're always about your work. You are constantly wooing us and chasing us down. Lord, help us to hear what you have to say tonight. God, open our eyes and give us wisdom and revelation, knowledge and understanding, discernment, so that we can know you better. Not so that we are a holding tank, but so that we are purveyors of your spirit and ambassadors for the kingdom. We ask for it all. Have you, Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So <clears throat> Mark chapter 5 is one of my favorite chapters in the book of Mark because these three stories uh, I absolutely uh, love. Uh, and when I say three stories, I'm talking about uh, this demon-possessed guy that Jesus is going to have an encounter with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gadarene, uh, and Jairus' daughter. His 12-year-old daughter uh, who dies and Jesus brings back to life. He brought me back to life. Uh, and then um, uh, my absolute favorite story in the New Testament is the, the woman with the issue of blood mm. who uh, had that problem for 12 years. And we'll talk about that in the next podcast. But today we're going to talk about divine appointments, something that you and I pray about a lot. Right. And ask for. We're always praying for God's will and for God to uh, use us and work through us. And every night when we have our prayer time together, one of the things we say is give us divine appointments or Damascus Road experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is what we talked about, in, the pastor talked about in church today, actually. Um, 
But, you know, John chapter 4, Jesus has, uh, he meets with the woman at the way. John says, he must needs go through Samaria. That's the King James Version. I love that. Uh, because Jesus knew that that woman, that outcast, when women came to get the water in the morning in the cool of the day, she didn't come with them women. She came out by herself mm-hmm. in the heat of the day at noon because she's basically an outcast uh, from her society. And Jews didn't walk on Samaritan soil. But Jesus said, I got to go into Samaria. He knew that, that woman was going to be at that well. He had a divine appointment. Um, just like uh, the, the widow when she was... Uh, on the way to literally bury her son, Jesus just happened to run into the funeral procession and stopped it and brought the kid back to life. Mm-hmm. So divine appointments. And today, uh, Mark's going to share a, a divine appointment that Jesus had with this, this man who was possessed not by a demon, but many demons, like mm-hmm. 2,000 demons, which is crazy to think that 2,000 demons could live in somebody. Mm-hmm. Comes very too, but this starts all the way back in chapter four when Jesus, he remember the the crowds would gather around and and Jesus was afraid the crowd was going to crush him, so he he tells his disciples, "Get me in this boat, get me out of here in the water, so he, so he, he would feel safe." And so they get him in the boat and he teaches the, the the crowd for a little bit, and when he was done, he says, "Hey, y'all take me to the other side." Of, I'm, I'm assuming they're in the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if any other body of water was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, take me to the other side. And if you remember, as he as they were traveling, the storm comes up. And these experienced men who've been on this body of water most of their lives fishing, some of them, Peter, freak James, out. John, and Andrew. Yeah, they freak out. Jesus is asleep in the boat. They go wake him up. Don't don't you care that we, you know, we perish? You know, we're, they're scared for their lives, literally. Scared for their lives. And he's sitting there asleep. And we talked about that being the peace of God that Jesus had. And uh, I, I think at that very moment, when Jesus first told them, hey, I think there's a reason why he said, get me in this boat. There's a reason why he said, take me to the other side. And that's that divine appointment because he knew that that man has been suffering from this demon possession for many years. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to see just how much he was suffering. It's, it's pretty radical, actually. But Jesus knew that he's going to have an encounter with this man who's naked. And not only is he naked, but he's take, he takes rocks and he's cutting himself. So he's a cutter. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we even see that in, our, in today's time. People cutting. Um, and, and his home is in the, is in the graveyard. And that's why I say the dude's a freak. So kind of creepy. Yeah, you picture this naked man. Being naked is freaky enough. But, you know, he's got cuts all over him. He's bleeding everywhere. And he's living in the tombs, and and this, and we'll see here in a minute. Mark says that the guy's screaming like all night long, mm-hmm. and and so we'll talk more about him in just a second. Um, so he's going to have this encounter with this 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 man at uh, Gadarene, uh, who's full of demons. But even though Jesus knew. Because he was God. God knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing gets past God. Nothing surprises God. The disciples didn't know. They're, they're just seeing Jesus get in the boat because of the crowd. And they take they think, well, we got to get Jesus to safety, right? That's what they're just thinking with their, their little human minds. And when Jesus says, hey, get me to the other side, well, they're thinking, well, he just wants to go to that side. He wants to get away from this crowd. Maybe he wants to go take a break or whatever. 
And so they, they start rowing to the other side. They have no idea what's going to happen. Right. And Jesus does. And so uh, before we get into that story, I just want to just emphasize the fact that nothing surprises God. Mm-hmm. Nothing surprises God. Nothing catches him off guard. It, um, yesterday we had the funeral for uh, Eichen's husband, Roy. And I got to, what do you call it when you, not preach the funeral, but officiate or whatever? Mm, yeah. I don't know you officiate weddings. I don't know what it's called for funerals. Uh, and, and I preached, you know, each and being a, um, an artist. And so I, I took a painting. Uh, well, I didn't actually show the painting, but I kind of put it in everybody's mind about the country country road, that, you know, in the painting. And it goes around the curve. And we always wonder what's around that curve. Well, God knows what's around that curve. Right. He we knows. Don't. Yeah, we don't. We have no clue. Uh, and it, it's surprising to us, but not surprising to God. Right. He knows, well, what people say, he knows the beginning and the end, but he actually knows before the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he knows what happens after the end. Mm-hmm. He's not bound by space or time. Right. We are. Thank you. Um, we're limited. We, we know the past, but we know what's happening right now. But we don't know what's going to happen in five minutes from now, or a minute from now, actually. But if you've read the book, we you know, know that in the end, we win. We win. That's Woo-hoo! all that matters. That's all that matters. <clears throat> and, but we also know that we can trust God because <clears throat> over and over again, it says he is faithful. That he is faithful. So if you will, would you read verses 1 through 5? Sure. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So yeah, he's a freak. But there's a reason why he's a freak. He's tortured. He's tortured. Because we're going to see... uh, in a minute, when, when Jesus casts these demons out, he's normal. Just a healthy dude, a regular dude. But with these demons, he, he he's, a, he's just a freakish, he's freakishly strong for one thing. Mm-hmm. The whole, this village has come out and they've, they've bound him. No, no telling how many times they've tried this, but they bind his hands and his feet, shackle his feet, shackle his hands, you know, and chain him up. Well, what a way to live. Mm-hmm. But... The demons inside him, making, giving him strength. You know, he he breaks the chains, and, and they can't bind him. And so they basically, we'll see that they they really just give up on him. There's nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're probably scared to death of this guy at this point. All right. So yes, the dog just jumped over the table into the kitchen with us. <laughs> that was the loud racket. Um, and so the enemy comes to meet Jesus when he 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 gets. Uh, off the boat, right, and the enemy immediately comes up to Jesus when he gets to the shore. And Mark describes his man. He says that he lives in the tombs. He's very strong. Uh, he has supernatural strength. And um, the demons, like I said, were giving this guy the strength. And no matter how thick the chain, no matter how many chains, no matter how strong the iron is, the shackles are, he breaks them with ease, right? Mm-hmm. He lives among the dead. He lives in the graveyards. Oh, that's weird. Uh, Nine days, cutting himself with stones. He's screaming out all night long. Uh, the, the, you know, he, 
Okay, so we're walking through Target the other day, and we see a lady who is all painted up like a troll with her kids, right? Where her kids went. She's in a costume. Yeah, she was right. in a to costume. To be fair, she's in a costume. She's in a costume, but it was weird to see, right? This guy's not in a costume. This is just him. And he's, I mean, just think, he's naked, he's cutting himself, he's bleeding, and he's screaming all night long, and he's living in the tombs. Could you imagine driving down the road and seeing that today? <laughs> it would be really, really weird. And so you can, you can just imagine the disciples uh, seeing, seeing this uh, gesture. We are releasing the sound Cause the lost generation to be found All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G-A-M-B-O-A music.com. Go check that out. Yeah, the guy's kind of creepy. Very creepy. No one would want to live near the tombs. Yeah. But one thing... Um, that I want to point out about this guy and about the people. The people see the naked man, right? They, they see him cutting himself with stones. They see him bleeding profusely from the cuts. They hear the screaming. They try to subdue him. He's breaking the chains. He's breaking the shackles. He, he keep, Over and over again, he keeps running, uh, getting loose and running free, right? They can't do anything with him. But what they see is a man. Oh, a freakish, a freakishly wild man mm-hmm. that they can't control. But what they can't see is the demons inside of him. Mm-hmm. And what we, it reminds me of what Paul says in Ephesians six that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. These people are thinking they're re- they're wrestling against flesh and blood, and they realize we can't do anything with this guy, so they just let him go. Right. But what do we wrestle? Yeah. So in Ephesians six ten through twelve. Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. How many times do we forget that, though? Mm -hmm. Because we get mad at each other. We get mad at somebody in the church. Somebody hurts our feelings. If somebody says something, we get arguments with our spouses, with our boyfriends, with our girlfriends, our brothers, our sisters, our moms, our dad, whoever. You know, there's always a struggle. And it seems like it's in flesh because that's who we can see. Mm -hmm. We, we, We can't see demons. We can't see the devil. We can't see God. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, we see this flesh, right? And and far too many we see this in marriages all the time that that we we think our spouse is the enemy, mm-hmm. and we do everything we can to try to change that person, yeah. and and we fight against them, and and we make literally make them our enemy sometimes, and. Uh, the people in the church or whatever, fill in the blank with whoever. Find, think of somebody that you're mad at. 
and argue with or hold a grudge against or anything like that. It but it's it goes way way deeper than the flesh. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, there's an enemy that wants to cause division. You know, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. He's he's not the author of chaos. Who is? Well, Paul says it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the uh, the authorities. Who's in authority of this world? Right. The prince of the power of the air. Yeah, Satan has been cast out of heaven. This is his world right now. He he own, uh, he don't own it, but he he's renting it, mm. and he's got control of it. Jesus said so. That he's the ruler of this world. Uh, the, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual, spiritual forces, forces of, of evil. evil. The heavenly realms. Yeah, and we see this played out in Daniel ten, right? When Daniel prayed for three weeks, and it took three weeks to get the answer. Mm-hmm. He's praying and fasting and. And the angel shows up and says, "Dude, I've been trying to get to you for three weeks, but I was held up by these by the prince of Persia, mm-hmm. demons. Right. And he had to have help. The strong angel had to have help. And then he finally gets some help, and he he makes it to Daniel. To but we can't see all that going on in that mm-hmm. in that spiritual realm. We call it spiritual warfare, right? Right. And so, just take a moment and realize that that you're not fighting against whoever you're having that argument with." It goes so much deeper than that. Just stop and realize it and pray for those people. Mm-hmm. And pray for yourself and, and have a little patience and treat them with some kindness. Right. All right, would right, you read uh, verses 6 through 10? When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. So I don't know what this guy's voice sounded like. I don't know. I could get all uh, dramatic. (laughs) My name is Legion. Can you imagine the disciples seeing what's going on here? And, and plus, the, the, the pig farmers are watching all this go down as well. Because mm-hmm. we're going to see in a minute that they're going to run to town and tell, tell everybody what what's happened. Um, but the disciples are sitting here watching this conversation happen. And um, in, 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 this, in this particular set of verses in 6 through 10, we, we see the power in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see how that these demons, they're, they're, they're no match for power and authority. And we've already seen this in, take place in the synagogue, mm-hmm. which was just one demon, right? Um, but this is uh, a lot of demons. Um, but notice how the enemy twists stuff in, in, in this passage here. The guy runs to Jesus screaming at the top of his lungs, and he's saying, what do you want to do with me? As if the man is talking, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what the people have been seeing all this time. They, they don't realize there's demons inside this guy, but Jesus does. The disciples, I don't think they even knew because they didn't know there was a divine appointment. They just mm-hmm. thought they were taking Jesus to the other side of the lake for whatever reason, to get some rest or whatever. And the, they see this naked man who's a freak, a freak show, right? And, and he comes up to Jesus and he's screaming all this stuff. And they think it's just a weird dude. What do you want to do with me? As if the man's talking. But it was the demons... Inside this man that's doing the talking. Because how, how would this man know who Jesus is? He, he's mm-hmm. never seen Jesus. He's living in the tombs. He's screaming out at night. He hasn't lead, 
left gadarene and gesserine how you know there's two different ways two different versions in the bible for this town um this guy's never met jesus but the demons knew exactly who jesus was because they know who jesus is mm-hmm. they hung out with jesus in heaven for a long time until they got kicked out with satan right um but every time a demon was confronted by Jesus, they knew exactly who he was. Uh, they would call him something like the Holy One of God or the Son of God. And Jesus would silence them because he didn't want them telling people who he was just yet. And they knew the power of Jesus and they knew they didn't stand a chance. That's why they're begging Jesus not to send them off somewhere far away, but to keep them in the area. Which is weird. Why would they want to stay in the area? It's just because the place they were comfortable with or something or whatever, I don't know. Well, you know, it's just from a purely natural standpoint, it's good to stay where you know you have power. Oh, that's a good point. And authority. Yeah. Obviously, they had free reign in this guy. But if he sends us out of this area, we might not be in the same jurisdiction. You know? Yeah. Um, but you know it was a Gentile area because there are pigs there. You know? You know it's not amongst the Jews. Um, who knows? But maybe they had power and authority because of, like like you said, the reference to Daniel, that the, the prince of Persia you know, had to be fought against that that spiritual principality. You know, there are spiritual principalities and domains, if you will, of, of evil spirits. You know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We know that from what the scripture says. But, like you said, the enemy's got a lease on it. Yeah. You know, when Adam handed over all the authority... When he sinned, um, the enemy has the right to, to to torment and take territory. But praise the Lord, he's given us authority to take it back. That's right. That's right. So look what the demon says to Jesus to twist the truth. He says, the demon says, in God's name, which is funny because it's comical because he's talking to God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. In God's name, don't torture me. But who was doing the torturing in this situation? Jesus wasn't torturing these. Jesus didn't do nothing but get off the boat. And the demons came running up to Jesus, first of all. So Jesus isn't torturing anybody. The demons were torturing this dude and have been for a long time. But they were comfortable. They weren't being tortured. They, they were comfortable. Like they're, they, that's why they want to stay in the area. They're, they've been in power and authority for a long time and, mm-hmm. and living in this guy. He's... He's a vessel for them, right? Can I read this footnote? This is just from my NIV. Um, Some of the expressions here, um, like, what do you want with me? You know, literally, what to me and to you? Similar expressions found in the Old Testament where they mean, mind your own business. (laughs) Basically, that was the demon speaking. (laughs) Mind your own business. Using the voice of the possessed man. Son of the Most High God, that part refers to, um, obviously, to, to Jesus, knowing who he was. 
in God's name, don't torture me. The demon, the demon sensed that he was about to be punished and used the strongest basis for an oath that he knew, though his appeal to God was strangely ironic. <laughs> it is ironic. But it, it, isn't that what people do today, though? People who are no, who people who know that they're living in sin, and when we bring the light of Christ and shine it on their life, and their their sin is exposed, what's their reaction? This is basically what the demons did here. Right. Mind your own business. In God's name, don't torture me. Yeah. Or, or in other words, uh, don't. They'll say something like, "Don't judge me." Mm-hmm. What you know? It's, I mean, so that's basically what they're saying. Mind your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, who are you? To, to, and, and that's it's basically what's going on here. I mean, like I said, Jesus barely even got off the boat, and they this demon possessed man comes running up to Jesus, and he's, he's like, why, "Why are you here? Go, you know, going back where you came from. Leave me alone. Mind mm-hmm. your own business." But there was a divine appointment, and Jesus is about to set this man free. Thank you. Lord. Something that a whole village couldn't do for a long time, right? Um, but the enemy likes to take the truth and twist it he right. he he did it in the garden with with eve when when uh god said don't don't mess with that fruit don't eat right. of that fruit and and the devil comes along and says hey you surely you won't die yeah take the truth and just twist it just, just a little yeah you'll in a fight you'll be like god you'll know both good and evil like it's a good thing mm-hmm. and Obviously, we know now that it was not a good thing. And so, uh, he actually even twisted truth with Jesus in the wilderness. You know, he he, he knows some scripture. Mm-hmm. The enemy knows the scripture. And the what? Enemy, the devil knows the scripture? <laughs> he knows scripture. He knows how to use it. Right. And he knows how to use it well. Mm-hmm. He knows our weaknesses. He knows how to dangle that carrot and get us to chase the carrot. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can make it look, he can make sin look pretty. Mm-hmm. It makes and sin is fun. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Right. I mean, the scripture says sin is pleasurable for a season. Yeah. But there's a price to pay for sin. Right. And so choosing sin. Yeah. So as we can see, Jesus is about to set this man free, just like we're set free by the blood of Christ, right? From mm-hmm. from the penalty of sin. From Thank the, you, Lord. Yeah. From the enemy's uh, twists and lies. I'm going to keep reading. Um, so we're going to see from the conversation between Jesus and the man that these demons were in control of this guy and speaking through him. Because in verse 9, they they asked, or Jesus asked him, what is your name? And they say, my name is Legion. He replied, for we are many. Mm-hmm. So if it was the dude speaking, he would say, he wouldn't say we. So it's the demons speaking. And he says, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Uh, so if you would read verses 11 through 17. A large, a large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to see Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Keep going. 
Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. All the people were amazed. So just like, okay, going back to the divine appointment that I started with, the woman at the well. Mm Mm-hmm. She has an encounter with Jesus, a divine appointment. He tells her about her sin. She says, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Jesus says, hey, look, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that everybody's been looking for. She goes back into the village and tells people about Jesus. They come out and meet Jesus. And now they say, we no longer believe because your story. We actually believe because, you know, we've got the meeting. We've got to talk to him for ourselves. Yeah. But all because of this woman's story, right? This whole village got to meet Jesus and believed, right? Well, here we have a divine appointment. Jesus has crossed over, got out of the boat, heals this demon-possessed man, casts these demons out into this herd of pigs. The man, first of all, I want to know where he got his clothes. You say he got them from the disciples. I, I think they just appeared on him. I think his scars are gone. I think all of his wounds are healed. Uh, um, I think the man's just totally restored. Hmm. And that, and that restoration included clothes because he was naked. He'd been naked for a long time and screaming. And so now here he is sitting at the feet of Jesus, calm. Mm-hmm. So he's got a story to tell. And he's going to go, as you just read, he's going to go into the town and tell in Decapolis and tell his story. But not only does he have a story to tell, but the, the ones who own those pigs has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And they're ticked. They're ticked. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? You got a whole village who considered this man for a long time. And they see the miracle. And they see the miracle, literally with their own eyes. And they and they run off the town to tell people what has happened. And now the town's going to come out. And, and you would think that they would be excited uh, uh, about it, but... Uh, as we see, they, they run Jesus out of town. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't, they don't want to have anything to do with it. You know, they're like, get out of here. Uh, we don't want this. Um, and as I think about um, these, this situation, I, I think about uh, just the things that we, we allow in our lives. Mm. Right? The things that we uh, get comfortable with. Become complacent about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Pastor today talking about in his sermon uh, about the, the couple who've been fighting. They've had division in their home and, and he's counseling with them, I'm assuming, and he's in, in their living room with them. And he looks over and he, he says he sees the statues. He never did say what the statues were, Mm-mm. but he, he said that those statues represent division. And pagan gods. Yeah, pagan right. gods. And he, and he points at the statues and says, there's y'all's problem right there. Mm-hmm. You you have the the enemy right here in your living room, in your home, and you're not you're comfortable with it. You're not doing anything a, about it. Um, and and so I, I see these people who uh, they they're comfortable with with allowing all this bad stuff in their life, and yet here here comes Jesus. He brings deliverance to this guy, and they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
it just fathom it just blows my mind that they get comfortable with all this stuff that's evil and sinful mm-hmm. and yet when the messiah shows up when god shows up they're very uncomfortable right and they they get out of dodge we don't we don't want no part Light has shined in the darkness, and the darkness, darkness cannot corrupted. comprehend it. It's a good verse. Cannot overcome it. You know, light exposes things, and we know that Jesus, in Him, was light, and that light was the the, the light of men, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no darkness at all in Him, and so when He comes around. And he is pure and holy and um, absolutely spotless. Then in contrast, people who are sinful and, and not living in according to God's you know patterns are incredibly convicted. Yeah. You know, convicted about their own sinfulness. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not surprising um, if uh, somebody invites a, a pastor or preacher over. Do they do they go and show them? The, do they do they show pastor? I mean, in that case, where pastor was talking about that this morning, but do they do they generally show all their dirty laundry? No, you keep those things, you know, tucked away, right? Don't yeah. don't look over here. <laughs> <laughs> don't look. Um, but. You know, and how much more the very Son of God, the Messiah, when He shows up. You know, what does Isaiah say? Woe to me, I am a man who is unclean, unclean lips. I'll fix and bring that up. Right? I live amongst a people who are unclean. And Isaiah was a holy man. Woe to me. Right. I mean, he was a prophet of God, right? And so he had an an intense communion with, with Father. But if if he said, woe to me, because I've seen the king, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm guessing that's what's happening with these people. They're seeing the righteousness of God. And in that light, it's like, oh. And they're Gentiles. I'm, I'm pretty messed up, you yeah. know? Yeah. They're Gentiles who feel like outsiders to begin with. Mm-hmm. And here's these Jews showing up on this boat, and he does something that they couldn't do for a, a, a long time. Mm-hmm. They tried to subdue this guy with chains. He didn't use chains. He he didn't do anything. He just got out of the boat, and the guy comes running up to him. And the demons had the conversation with Jesus. The disciples didn't get involved. They, as far as we know, they never got out of the boat. But yet Jesus just has a conversation with these demons and and just speaks a word and casts them out. Come on. And so these guys, have this whole village has tried to subdue this man for a long time and they've basically given up on him. And Jesus shows up, speaks a word, and does something they couldn't do for a long time. Come on, Jesus. And so now he's cast the demons into the pigs. The pigs was their income. When you mess with people's money Mm. and you mess with their power, they get mad. They get angry. Yeah. yeah, they get very angry and upset. And and that's exactly what's happened here. And and they like we we don't we don't want any part of this. <laughs> uh, go on back to where you come from. And and people still do the same thing today. 
even people in the church. There's people who, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time and I've dealt with people in churches and not to be negative, but it's just the truth. Whenever, whenever, you're, whenever small churches start to grow, you watch it. They'll get rid of the preacher pretty quick. They'll make his life so miserable they'll want to leave if they don't get rid of him mm. because you're messing with their power and you're messing with their money. They, they, they like their own little world, like those demons. They, mm-hmm. they like that territory because mm-hmm. they had power and control. And there's, you see this in businesses. You, you see this in families. You see this in churches. You see it all the time. People, they have their own little world. It's their little kingdom. And, and they, they have power and control. And then when somebody comes in. Disturbs that. And disturbs that. The hornets get stirred up and the stingers come out. See it all the time. And that's exactly what's going on here. And uh, they didn't like it. Which, it, it just blows my mind that, I mean, how, how can you see that they, they literally witnessed this happen with their own eyes and they reject it. Mm-hmm. But people do the same thing today. Mm-hmm. We see people, we see Jesus change people's lives. People go and tell, they know these, this was a town drunk, this, was, this guy was on drugs, this girl was a prostitute or you know, whatever. And they've been delivered. They they don't they no longer live this lifestyle. Why? Because what Jesus has delivered them, mm-hmm. and the people know that and see that. But yet, they walk away from it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Right. And like, how can you walk away from somebody who can literally set you free? Well, like and, we said earlier, you know, sin is pleasurable for a season, and sometimes you think, oh, well, maybe later, when I'm done having fun. When I'm done with my, you know, merry-go-round of sin, then I'll, then I'll come. But like you said, we never know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, the next week, month. You know, um, we're not promised tomorrow. No. Nope. So we're going to end with this. This man became an instant witness for Jesus. And so did the, the pig farmers. They were negative. Right. <clears throat> they had a negative influence. But they all show up and they see this man sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed and in his right mind. Right? Everybody knew this man. They knew that he was a freak. They knew that he was a cutter who lived in the graveyard amongst the tombs. He ran around naked, cutting himself. He screamed all night and all day. But now here he is. He's calm. He's fully dressed. And he's acting normal. And they would ask the question, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. And he would, he would reply, Jesus happened. Mm-hmm. And my question is, to the people who listen to this podcast is, when are you going to let Jesus happen? Mm-hmm. Think about that. When are you going to let Jesus happen? Give him permission. See what he's like. Taste and see. He is good. That the Lord is good. Give him a try. That's all we ask. And if you would give him a try, you would see what a difference he'd make in your life. Mm-hmm. Won't you pray? We'll end. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm kind of drawn back to the verse 18. As Jesus yeah. was getting into the boat. Now, he just got out of the boat. Yeah. Right? Right. But he gets right back into it. Yeah, because they tell him to get out. Right. Get out of town. 
So, Lord, we say, get into our boat. (laughs) (laughs) We invite you into our boat. Yeah. And we, we acknowledge that we have no power, no authority, no ability outside of what you have given us. And we can't control anything. We can't command the wind and the waves. But you can. We can't cause someone to be set free and sitting at your feet in their right mind and clothed. But you can. And you have said that greater works than these we would do because you go to the Father. So, Lord, thank you that the promise is that you set captives free. You release from darkness those who are imprisoned, those who are bound in chains. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing power. May we walk in that. And as we see your power demonstrated in the earth, may we desire more and more to cooperate with you and not fight against you. Yeah, we ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to The Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, Leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.